good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the American Age podcast. This is your host, C. Travis Webb, editor of the American Age, and I am speaking to you from Southern California. Hi, this is Stephen G. Fullwood, and I am the co-founder of the Nomadic Archivist Project, and I am coming to you from Harlem, and it's a wonderful day. It's about 45 degrees out, very unseasonable weather. And I'm Seth, no middle name Rodney. I'm <laughs> coming to you from the South Bronx, and I am a senior editor at the Hyperallergic blog. I'm glad to be here. Uh, this is to remind our listeners that we practice a form of what we like to call intellectual intimacy, which is giving ourselves the space and time to figure out things out loud and together. Um, and we are talking about community still. So last time we had our kind of longer form two-part discussion, got broken up into two parts for you guys listening to the podcast. Mm -hmm. um, and we thought we would talk about community and death today. So mm -hmm. uh, obviously a pretty potent uh, topic uh, with a lot of historical resonances and personal resonances. So, mm -hmm. um, Stephen, I think, was this one yours? I think you had you had suggested this, right? So do you want to take the lead? And, I did and suggest kind of it, it, and I'm a bit, um, I have to apologize early on because I initially needed and wanted to talk about how different communities of people responded to Kobe Bryant's death and his daughter, mm -hmm. and that I thought it was an interesting way of thinking about um, mm. celebrity death versus personal, like family mm -hmm. death, mm -hmm. you know? So, but I, I, the only thing that I've done with the Kobe Bryant piece was to look at um, the response of Snoop Dogg, Snoop Doggy Dog, or whatever his name is, to and, and other people to Gail, Gail, um, Gail King. Do you have to do the yeah. Doggy Dog part? Is that I, I feel like I don't I'm a thousand years old? <laughs> you know, Doggy I don't think Dog. I could do I'm that sure seriously. <laughs> Snoop Dogg, or I think there's Rasta Dog now, or something, because now he does. Um, he does. I don't know. Um, I'm just a little. Is confused. he like Mr. Dog? So like in. In in meetings where where his wealth managers are talking about like all of his money, do they I'm say sure, like, you know, Mister sure, Dog? I'm like, sure they do. Snoop, I'm sure. Um, I'm, come on, guys! I'm sure they're like honestly with his intimates. They probably like this. His wealth manager probably calls him Mister Broadus because his name is Calvin yeah. Broadus. Yes, Calvin like, Broadus. Is that what it is? Probably, okay, probably does. And, <laughs> and his wife, right? His wife his, probably calls him Cal. Like you know, whatever. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So Calvin. Uh, the response to Calvin's response to Gail King, and for those of you who haven't um, paid attention to the controversy, was that Gail King was asking questions about Kobe Bryant's rape allegation that he had been cleared of mm -hmm. um, in an interview with someone who knew him. Mm -hmm. And so CBS News published a clip. I guess it was a longer clip, according to Gail King. Mm -hmm. And that, so he came back very hard. His response to what she, her questioning was very disproportionate. Mm -hmm. I mean, he called her out her name, and she better watch out. And it was just some kind of nonsense that was going on. He, he essentially threatened her. Yeah, he threatened her. I saw, I saw, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and what I heard, and this was Twitter, right? I believe it was Twitter. I think that was the platform. I think um, so. What What unnerved me, and, and what like pricked my consciousness was like, okay, let's talk about like for me because I'm not a basketball fan, or an, and I just know him as uh, you know a celebrity, you know, someone who um, has a name in the street. I was thinking about how people attach significant meaning to when someone dies and then when someone disparages them or seemingly disparages them and their responses to it. 
So there was a lot of Twitter and there was a lot of IG and a lot of Facebook surrounding it. There were even other articles about whether Gail King should have said anything or not. Or was this fair game to bring up his past because he was in the news and they were speaking of in the um often referencing the Me Too movement, saying that, when do you bring these things up, right? But I know that the the different people that I spoke to about it, um, the older folks were like, just let the man die. You know, give him a moment. You didn't have to come out so quickly with your response to his death, uh, referencing these rape allegations. And then there were other people right. who were younger saying, well, when is the time to bring this up? When is well, it, right? it's not that. I mean, and it's, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I, so I think it's a fair question, but it's clearly just not that, right? It's, it's definitely Mm -hmm. not the first few days after someone, he and his daughter have just been. Well, speak about that. Speak about why, why you feel Okay. So, so I, so there's a, I I have uh, two responses. One, Mm -hmm. you know, to the, the extreme reaction to someone's grief. Grief is, um, communal grief is one thing, but mm-hmm. grief is a moment in which we are uh, fully entitled to our feeling. And mm. when someone pricks um, the reasons behind that feeling or undermines that feeling, you tend to get a very strong reaction from them. So mm-hmm. we are allowed to be selfish when we are grieving um, and we do not have to have that emotion checked or analyzed because Mm, grief mm -hmm. is something that that we get to fully own in that way so you know i mean and not to say that there aren't collective forms of grief and not to say that um snoop dog wasn't grieving Mm -hmm. in in Mm -hmm. um i don't mean to undermine the authenticity of his grief that's not that's not what i'm saying at all yeah Um, i get that uh, Mm -hmm. but but you know the i do think that because of our common lot in that you know the the meaning of life is that we die, right? To to borrow mm-hmm. that phrase, uh, I forget who said that. Actually, it's uh, maybe I forget. Um, maybe uh, Philip Larkin, I think, maybe said the meaning of life is that we die. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that since that is our common lot, um, and we know that that a lot of gnashing in, of teeth and, and wailing, you know, goes along with the people who have lost their loved one um you know his wife his daughter his friends mm-hmm. i think i think you owe them the respect to mm-hmm. have their grief mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and and then you know any kind of reflection or poking now i i of course there are obviously limits to this if someone that was a historically heinous figure you know mm-hmm. i don't really feel like that same level of respect is needed but okay. uh in this in this instance i don't think it's within two or three or the same day that one washington post reporter that yes mm-hmm. you know essentially tweeted out the story yes. uh you know refresh the story about the rape, rape allegation that day that like day. literally yes. the day that it happened like mm-hmm. i don't think so i don't i don't think i mean it's obviously you know she can do what she wants but uh, mm-hmm. i think the communal backlash to that is entirely understandable. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, Seth, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. In, I'm not sure. Um, I, I think I'm having trouble with this notion of timing because mm. then I want to ask if 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 all of what you say, and I think you, you're right on this, Travis. Mostly, if all of what you say is true, at least it's true insofar as this is the way that people feel, right? That do you right. that mm-hmm. in that moment of grieving. 
you have no one else has any sort of um, or should be taking any sort of steps to impinge on my grief by taking down or attempting to take down the person who I'm grieving right? mm-hmm. for. Like, I, I get that. But then what's the statute of limitations on that? Like, is it a, is it a week? Is it two weeks? Is, is, well, is after a month, is it okay for, me, for us people to say, well, you know, Kobe Bryant did kind of get caught like choking out this woman that he allegedly had sex with. Um, and, mm-hmm. but I mean, okay, go ahead, Travis. I, Cause I don't I know what gonna I'm say, doing. I was just going to say it's a spectrum, right? So, you know, if you look at, you know, if you just look at a spectrum mm-hmm. in there are, there's an area of the spectrum where it is clearly red. And at some point, you know, it like, you know, it, it changes to orange mm-hmm. and it's clearly orange. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely a transition period in there. Mm-hmm. I'm saying the day some dude dies in a helicopter crash with mm-hmm. his teenage daughter, it's not the that day. is firmly in the red. Right. Like, right. I don't know when it crosses mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. like right. where it's definitely orange and okay. Right. If we're in this like really ham-fisted analogy, we're saying that orange is, is okay. But, but I know it is not that day. So, so, so let me ask the question a different way. And I'm really asking this. I'm not playing devil's advocate or anything because I don't know the answer. Thank goodness. But, but, but in the, <laughs> in the cases where there's mass shootings and, you know, mm-hmm. we have one like every other day now, it seems people who tend to be on the GOP side of life mm-hmm. will always say, why do leftists come out with um, rhetoric around limiting um, gun ownership when mm-hmm. these things happen? Let the let the people grieve. This is not the time to blah blah blah. They oh, and they always say that. And then they, and then what? Of course, what happens is when we get to orange or when we get to yellow, people forget and they move on until the next moment when there's a mass shooting. And it seems to me that that's precisely the day of is precisely the day to say we need okay. to stop this ridiculous shit. It makes no sense that people, everyday citizens, have weapons of war. Mm-hmm. through which they can carry out these kinds of mass killings. So I I I have a, a Stephen, did you have something? I, no, I just think, um, so I'm going to go back to very briefly about Gail King, because I just wanted to mention, say this, because I'm interested in community and in family, and I'm interested in that what you said was the red spot, right? And that I do feel that you don't give... Give them space. Give these people space. Give them space. And then, with, like, I'm somewhere where you are, Seth. When is the time? Mm. When is the time? But I, I, because I know that it, it doesn't even have to put on my body. I just go, I don't need to, because it's, I'm thinking about the crime or, or the possible crime or whatever. Like, I feel like that social media has expanded and reverberated, and then you get, you know, it echoes, right? It brings people into yeah. the conversation in ways that I think really encourage on both sides or somewhere in the middle a response that is not inappropriate, but maybe a little um, disproportionate to that moment. Mm, you know, yeah, that's yeah. what yeah. I think. And yeah, I was yeah. thinking, Gail, yeah. you know, if she's in our family. She's like, okay, calm down. Can you can you ask another question? This isn't this isn't newsworthy. 
because you work for a news organization. This mm. isn't really newsworthy. The man died. There's going to mm. be a coronation. There's going to be a bunch of people doing things, and there's going to be a funeral and all that. Mm. Maybe just hold on for a second. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. a personal response, right? Yeah. Intellectual response is really where you're at, um, Seth, yeah. with when is the time? Yeah. Well, I, I was, you know, if we're if we're trying to stay with the theme of community, you know, different communities are going to see the color differently, right? So mm-hmm. if, if mm-hmm. you are if you are if you've been raped, right? If you've been the victim right. of abuse, and you see Kobe Bryant as an abuser, and that's the lens through which you see him, mm-hmm. there is no red for you. You don't live in that space. Like no. you're in you're somewhere else on again on that spectrum of of you know whatever your feeling is around that. What could be nuanced though? It could be nuanced. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. And and you're responding from you know that community that you belong to how you think of yourself in relation to this figure mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um you know for me though it's i i don't think intellectually i have less of a difficult time arriving at a more certain position vis-a-vis this one particular thing with kobe bryant mm-hmm. because i think you just apply the golden rule or the silver rule, you know, either do unto others or do not do unto others as you would not have done to you. And if there was some member of your community that had just died tragically Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. a helicopter crash, you definitely would not want people piling on about their worst moment. Right. Yeah. That's just what yeah. you would not want. You would not want yeah. that. Like so yeah. so I think that's just what you do. Like right. you mm. just you check yourself because it's a communal space and you check yourself in that way. I just don't think that's the time. This would be yeah. awesome if we were a live show and had people call in. I would love yeah. <laughs> to hear what people have to say about this. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So 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 in terms of the the people who carry out uh, mass shootings and yeah. the kind of public response that that those events generate you still think that that golden or silver rule applies? I, I, I don't because I feel like I feel like it, I'm not going to come up with a super elegant analogy, but mm-hmm. I feel like if people were regularly dying in helicopter crashes from flying from Orange County to L.A. every couple months and Kobe Bryant was killed in the 12th helicopter crash in the last like two years. Mm-hmm. No, I think mm-hmm. at that point, like, it's it's okay it's it's okay to start saying you know there's a fire there's a fire or there's a we problem with these helicopters about, right yeah, yeah, like that, we, no no that's what I mean right like mm. we need to stop yes that's what we I need mean. to stop putting people in helicopters <laughs> yeah, don't don't right. fly that helicopter anymore right. yeah right it's, and and I think yeah, that yeah. this is precisely what's happening yeah. uh, with the um, with the movement to limit gun rights and and I and, and I, I I mean it's fairly obvious to me but anyway we're, what we're really talking about is well no we I actually think it's irrelevant I don't I don't I think I think it is you're talking about communities and you are literally talking about death I mean this is the issue right, right? Mm-hmm. that 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 people are being killed so I don't the responses to it a, a quick you know sort of addition to to what you've brought up is that most gun owners are also in favor of restricting like you know AR15s that kind of thing right. uh-huh. and uh, you know semi-automatic weapons that are used to to essentially to murder people that's right. why they were invented right. so but gun owners do not trust because of the divi- because of the communal division right. in our country right. gun owners and second rights amendments advocates don't trust people who are in favor of more aggressive gun legislation mm-hmm. 
to not actually secretly want to just take all their guns. Mm. And <laughs> and we don't help ourselves mm-hmm. with our rhetoric around that stuff, right? right? We, because we we are pretty relentless mm. with um, or a certain wing of uh, uh, of our our collective that yeah, we identify absolutely. with collect- politically uh, don't don't do us any favors. So I think there's a there's a there's a distrust between the two communities there. I think everyone does recognize that there's a problem. Right. But it's they, they don't trust one another to to everyone is is an exaggeration. You're right. You Seth waved that away like now nah, that's not not everyone. But <laughs> but but I think the majority I think the majority do mm-hmm. recognize that there's a problem. So, so well, I was going to say something. Um, it just occurred to me that um, in the theme of community and death and how really community how communities respond to death, it may be that a lot of the um, Second Amendment advocates are responding to death by buying more guns because by by the by yeah mm-hmm. um, statistically what happens is that when a mass shooting occurs gun sales go up right right, yeah. at, right mm-hmm. after yeah. so there's, there's a definite correlation right i think one of the things that they're doing really even though they may not know it is they're responding in fear to dying and the way that they respond to that is mm-hmm. by is seemingly is is not seemingly the way they respond to that fear is to try to empower themselves. And you so, know, so, I love I love that reading. Right. It's because you're taking it to a different right. level than it's nor, nor the normal level is like oh they're responding to the fear of the revocation of their rights no, that the government's going to come. But no, but that, that's a much better reading. No, they actually I, I, they're I afraid that. of death, and so they yeah, say yeah. here's here's the weapon that will prevent me from ever dying. What they're really trying mm. to do is make themselves immortal. Like they are, yeah. they really believe that but, the gun will prevent them from ever dying. But they know that it won't. Everybody knows that. No, that's no, but on un, some that's level, a, that's Delta, right? That's a little further down. It's but, like but, you gotta know. But, but on that some level, right, ideologically, you. they won't let themselves know that, right? Mm. It's like like the woman mm. who stays in the abusive relationship. Excuse me. She knows statistically that the man is gonna if he has this 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 record. And she knows mm. what her the previous relationship was like with the girlfriend mm-hmm. that left him. She knows what he's been like as a father. She knows that statistically she is likely going to end up dead at some point. If he's been hitting her and he keeps hitting her and he doesn't want to stop hitting her, she stays in that relationship. Like ideologically, all I'm saying is, and this is mm-hmm. a crude analogy, but ideologically, we make all kinds of excuses to ourselves to prevent us to... Because the other option is so much more fearful for us. There's so much more, it's so much, it's potentially devastating. Mm -hmm. So I think those advocates for unlimited gun rights, they're afraid of dying. And and so they're going to gather all the guns. They, I mean, they're literally going to build a fort made of guns yeah. around them. Mm. So, so that we're they all never die. we're all af- we're all afraid of dying. No, agreed. And, and, yeah, but and but, that, but my and, fear doesn't show up in that way. Yeah, yeah, it does show up. Well yeah. said. My fear doesn't yeah. show up in that way. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, I don't think no, about I'm, getting I, a gun after a mass shooting. No, no. It, that's not yeah. a reflex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. No, 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 no. You know, I mean, the, you know, I mean, there is. Um, there is definitely an argument in cultural anthropology that kind of the the zero point of culture is our treatment of the dead. Mm. Right? So that's where essentially culture begins is uh, with, you know, 40, 50,000 years ago, 60, 70,000 years ago, you start to see mm-hmm. um, accoutrements and 
and items, objects being buried mm-hmm. with 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 humans mm-hmm. and, Arbages, and and yeah. and even uh, Neanderthals as well. Mm, really, they started. Yeah, they started to they buried themselves with with objects, mm-hmm. and so the uh, you know the, this and out of that recognition that that this person has has left the world and that we too are going to leave the world which is of course what the memento is right mm-hmm. that's what the, that's what the object being placed in the grave mm-hmm. is 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 a recognition of the fact that you know these things that are important to us will one day not belong to us anymore mm. um, because we're going to leave the world. Mm. I mean, death is the center of, of community communal formation. So when you said, when you, when you talked about um, gun sales increasing, mm-hmm. that being a reaction to death, I think is, um, I think is poignant and insightful. And I think, I think exactly right. And I think, I mean, although Stephen, y- your point is of course, right. They know that they're going to die. Exactly, right. I mean, mm. that's that's ex- mm. that's exactly what that's exactly why it has potency. Mm. Mm. Oh, you made me think of this: people being buried with guns. <laughs> you mm. made me think of that. I was uh, like, oh, how is I would that? be surprised if people weren't yeah. were not being buried. I would guess mm. that. I bet you that's they're, right. They're I think so too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm a, I'm going to be googling that after the show because sure. if mm. we're being buried with things that we think we might use in the afterlife, there's a that's a belief as well, a cultural belief. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure, of course. Yeah. You can take your gun <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'd like to switch the, the talk just a little bit, just to kind of move over of course, to... Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. There's of a course. book called The Circle of Life. Mm. And basically, it's called... Um, it's by a guy, It's a book of photography, uh, Rituals from the Human Family album. And it's a, um, it's a wonderful book by this guy named mm. David, um, mm. David Cohen and Gabriel Garcia Marquez does an introduction oh, wow. to it. Oh, wow. And, oh, really? And last week, or the week before last, wow. when we said we were going to talk about it, I pulled it out mm-hmm. because I love the rituals themselves. Rites of passage, initiations, puberty rites, weddings, death anniversaries, retirements, and death ceremonies. Mm-hmm. And these the way in which, like, I think it's an Ethiopian culture, or maybe it's Eritrean, you have to be buried as soon as possible. But it's not always possible, people out of the diaspora. So sometimes I was told by a friend of mine that they would keep the the death quiet (laughs) so that people can actually travel to the funeral in the Mm. States or wherever else away from the person who's performing the ceremony because because it's supposed to happen ASAP quick. Or the way you're buried facing east, depending on your culture. Like, Mm. And I go, wow, that's really profound. And then I remember as a kid that... If you died, and this was before the funeral homes and the, um, what do you call it, the change sort of like took over, and it became illegal for you to have a body in the house, a mm-hmm. dead body in the house, that a lot of funerals mm-hmm. were taking place at home, mm-hmm. you know, or they would, the body would be in the house. So it would mm-hmm. be a part of the, um, the wake. I think that's mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the familiarity with death, I think, continues to, to sort of oscillate away from us. So I think part of that fear of dying is exacerbated and maybe blown up because we're not that intimacy with death isn't mm. there anymore. You know, mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. so in some cultures it still is. And I suspect that it is. But I think with me, when I first saw a dead body, I was just traumatized like for weeks. Mm. And, and mm. I still think it's and we went to the wrong funeral, by the way. 
<laughs> so wow. there were two you know you walked into the wrong room right and then right. as a kid just wow. like what the fuck you know right. Right. um and of course no one's telling you anything it's just mm-hmm. <laughs> you're yeah. just a kid right mm-hmm. um but i think that familiarity with death and I want to bring it back around to this thing. It was helpful for me to have this book in the house just to look at how people dress the body and the ceremonies around it and the rituals around it made me breathe a little bit better. Mm, yeah. I breathe a little better. And I think Catherine Ramsfeld wrote a book called uh, Cemetery Stories, which is yet another book that got me closer to it. And this book basically jumped off the shelf and into my hands because it was like, I just want to understand what happens to the body. Mm-hmm. What are the cultures like? You know, mm-hmm. who's doing this work? And she just laid it out. It was a great nonfiction book. I'd recommend it to anyone. Cemetery stories. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious about what you guys think about the communities in which you were born. What are some of the rituals that you recognize um, or that you um, would partake in? You know, when mm-hmm. it goes when it comes to before the funeral, when someone dies, what's that like? Because ours, for me, my family's is very brief, that my sister and then my mother and then my brother passed away, and it's largely been um, a Christian affair. So they die, mm. the body's prepared, there's a, a wake, and then there's a burial. In some cases, mm. there was um, uh, cremation. But other than that, the whole ceremony was very Christian. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. But maybe we can, I mean, since we're coming up on time, maybe we can talk about rituals and community mm. in the next uh, okay. episode. Because, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think I'm sure that'll be a pretty fertile uh, topic mm-hmm. of conversation. One thing I, I, I wanted to say, and then I'll actually let Seth have the, the last word, is what I thought of when you were describing that is um, when you were talking about the Eritrean or Ethiopian mm-hmm. uh, uh, ritual is how human and i i mean to emphasize italicize bold how human communities are because mm-hmm. oftentimes when we think when we shorthand or think about communities we think about what they have written about their proper conduct or what they advertise about their proper conduct this is how a man behaves this is how a woman behaves in mm-hmm. the past these were men's ownership rights these were uh, how children were treated, etc. But what your just anecdote illustrates is a more enduring truth, which is that humans don't often follow the rules, oh, yeah. even of their own communities. Mm-hmm. So even though their community, even though their rule is you've got to get the body in the ground right away, they figure out a way to deal with that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that it still takes care of the other members of their community, the people they care about. Like, well, we, if we don't tell anyone, it's not really, you know, it's right. not really real. It's not really dead. And so we could use some of that, I think, generosity when reading uh, cultures that mm. are different from ours. And I mean internal, oh, internally yeah. different from ours. I mean, just because this is what people say that they do doesn't mean that that is actually what they are doing as a community. It's not actually how they're treating each other necessarily. And I appreciate that. And I want to say, if any Ethiopian or Eritrean person heard what I said and I got it wrong, <laughs> I apologize. But that's what I remember yeah. hearing. I just yeah, want to say, yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I do love this discussion. Um, it makes me think of the the definition of ethnography. Essentially, I encountered ethnographies during my PhD research, um, during my time in London. And what mm-hmm. I essentially came to understand ethnography 
an ethnography to be or to constitute is an account of who belongs to a particular culture or community. It's mm-hmm. an account written by someone who has spent some time observing that particular community. But they're the but essentially it's an account of the unwritten rules. So it's the one so you do have rules in place like you have to get the body into the ground at a certain point. And this mm-hmm. may be codified somewhere, right? Or it may be just um uh-huh. passed down um orally from generation to generation. But there are rules. But there are also unwritten rules. And I think in dealing with the Kobe Bryant situation, I think what we did is we come, we came smack up against one of the unwritten rules, right? The yeah. unwritten rule being that, that when somebody's body is not yet quite in the ground, that, um, that is not, that at that point, we should not be talking about the worst moments of their lives or the worst decisions right. that they made. Mm-hmm. And but that says something about our community. It says something oh, about yeah. and there's and and I, what I like about that moment is that, and I'm just realizing this. It actually draws a larger circle than we typically draw because we can mm-hmm, divide mm-hmm. up the popular culture in America by many different rubrics, right? Um, mm-hmm. In terms of. We can do it by socioeconomic status. We can do it by religious affiliation. We can do it mm-hmm. by race and ethnicity. We can do it by gender. On and on and on. But this actually draws a larger circle around many of us, regardless of yeah. those other. I agree. Um, those differenti- other di- right, differentiating yeah, factors. Yeah. Yeah. In that there's some there's some sort of sense that yes, we can all kind of sign on to that declaration that if the body is not in the ground yet. Like, let's take a moment and just appreciate what they, what that person brought to us when he or she was alive, when they were alive. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. when they were yeah. alive, let us celebrate that for now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a great close. Thank you, mm-hmm. uh, Stephen and Seth, for the conversation. And I'll uh, speak to you next week. Indeed. Bye. Bye.